welcome to the 26th episode of the second ever season of the Plebs on Footy podcast. I am your host, Rory O'Kane, and as always, I'm joined by Scott Fotheringham. Hello, Banjo. What a memorable week of footy. Footy sucked, but Joshy Kelly, mate. He's finally he's finally signed with GWS. It's a great moment. It's Everyone a combined was margin it. of twenty one goals. And that wasn't one thrashing and one close. Let's talk about the footy. I don't care about the footy. One important thing happened. I'm focused on the football, Scott. Mate. I'm like the Richmond supporters group that wanted to take over their board. I am focused on footy. How gutted. How gutted we. Look, I cried myself to sleep four nights in a row. I, then I got a little bit of hope when he hadn't signed again. Then I cried again this morning. Yeah, I hear you had a little bit of denial after that. Jared Waitley doesn't break a story. Jared Waitley, is that the first story he's ever broken? Pretty much, because he won't do it unless really, he's so confident. Really, really weird. Like, I found it so weird that everyone was questioning him. Like, he would just not go for a mm. story unless he was so confident. So I was already celebrating. So it took a little bit of the excitement out of the moment. But I love Josh Kelly now. He's a sexy footballer. He's great be- to watch. I love the man. The delay between Jared Whaley going with it and other outlets going with it was quite bizarre, though. Did you notice that at all? Probably not because you weren't as invested. But the age didn't run that story for another two days. Uh, well, we got to it in the end, and it, it was a glorious moment. Everyone was happy about it. And your, your footy club, it's a joke, and it's great. It's, Everyone's laughing it's at gonna you. It's going to be a Everyone, long two years before he comes to North. Uh, whatever. Like, it's going <laughs> to be whatever. tough to endure two years. But we're about to get the free kick of multiple father-sons in a year, so that'll make me feel good. Does it hurt at the moment that everyone's laughing laughing at you? Nah. You're, nah, just, nah. you're just throwing ridiculous amounts of money at everyone. I'm no sticking to purely North out. Melbourne forums at the moment. I'm not branching <laughs> out. I'm sticking to my shell. I am in a nuclear shelter is how protected right. I am. I'm loving I don't even know what you're talking up about. My footy outlook this there week. There was a slightly outrageous um, graphic played on uh, Talking Footy or something where they said yeah, all, all the, the players who played. They put Dangerfield on there. I hard... I reckon half we, of them I wasn't even sure yeah. really went after. I mean, I remember you went after Hartlett, but like that was never really much of a thing. No, that was a <laughs> three seconds. I think it was after we missed out on Trelaw, both North and Richard went, oh, yeah. let's throw some money at somebody else yeah. for but, three and seconds. And you weren't the only club for them as well. Like, so many clubs got rejected for those players. That was a bit unnecessary. But this year, it has been hilarious. Yeah. Although it's quite <laughs> interesting the way they've covered it the entire time saying, oh, Carlton's a front-runner, oh, St Gilda's a front-runner, and then at the end, North missed out on Josh Kelly, <laughs> not the other two teams. Like, a little bit of consistency. You're the nice. one who threw 1.5 mil at two players, and both hey, of them didn't want to count. Kelly only got one. Didn't, didn't Kelly only sign for 800 a year over the next two? That's what I've heard. Yeah, something like that. Well, they, they could... Well, we didn't offer him 1.5. I thought you did. No, we offered... Uh, you yeah, definitely offered Dusty. Dusty. But we offered him 1 or 1.1 or something. But if he'd oh, taken anywhere near... <laughs> <laughs> if he'd taken any substantial amount of money... I'm staggered they fit both him and Whitfield into their cap. I'm like... Yeah. It's either incredible cap management or early 2000s Carlton cap management. And I'm not going to cast aspersions, but I think they're cheating. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever, mate. Anyway, let's get to the crap. I mean, I don't care about the actual footy. Um, On to everyone's favourite segment, Gold Jacket, Green Jacket. The title derives from a line in Happy Gilmore, Gold Jacket, Green Jacket, who gives a shit. And this week we will pick the most meaningless game of the round. What audience do you do this for? We're getting less listeners by the week. <laughs> yeah, I just enjoy doing it now that I'm noisy. So I'm really, I didn't I'm say anything for it. two months and you still did it. There has to be some perverse I can, I enjoyment can, of 
from your own standing. I can see in your eyes. You're a sad little man. You can tell from your overall actions that you've gone from Melbourne your entire life. Just no, what? No, you're the North supporter, mate. You're the miserable one this year. I've seen a premiership, thank you, Scott. Live. I was there. We've won 12, but it doesn't matter. Very obvious uh, Goal Jacker Green Jacket this week. says hello. Very obvious Goal Jacker Green Jacket this week. GWS defeated West Coast by 67 points. Yes, it was 1964. GWS defeated West Coast by 67 points. So to those teams we say... Gold Jacket, Green Jacket, who gives a shit? You're very rude, you know. You you, you disrupt my segment. It's my my shining moment. You called my club a joke. And I'm rude. I've said it all year. You can jump off a building for all Everyone I knows care. it. Everyone is laughing North at you. Melbourne, bastion of free will. But anyway, we'll get back to laughing at North Melbourne later, and I look forward we, to we it. We definitely won't. <laughs> GWS West Coast. That, at best, there is no we about it. <laughs> we'll definitely do it. Uh, all I can say, watch out, Richmond. And I'm really excited about that. It's good for footy. Saturday night now, it's, there's going to be a lot of tension in that crowd. I am all, so pretty in, impressive. all in on GWS beating Richmond. You're tipping it? Yep. Absolutely. I, I, I look, I want to. because I, I mean, I will because no, I have, have to. Because <laughs> I'm a stubborn bastard and I've stuck with them all year, so I have to. My issue with GWS is I just don't... Richmond are just not going to let them do what they did on the weekend to West Coast. The, the thing which happened, which most teams haven't done it to them all year, they had space. They had mm. so much space to remove into and to run, and that, that's how that's how the game changed. I've never seen a team restrict space in the same way that Richmond did. They in did the first also week of have better runners than they've had all year. They've, they've played Do that kind it's a of selection lineup. Thing? I hope it's a selection thing. Yeah. They've had played that lineup twice. They've belted West Coast and they've belted Melbourne. Yeah. They're, they're, That's a they're good two track record. Performances of the year. Yeah. And the way they were really moving the ball and the way their players were moving around the field looked a lot smoother. They've been too tall for a while. We've talked about it. Everyone has, yeah. And it does look like Mumford's been the issue because Lob can ruck, which I wouldn't have thought when he conceded <laughs> yeah. 80 hit outs to Todd Goldstein. And I, I think it made Patton look better as well. He, mm. he was the number one man. He was so dangerous. He played so well. And the ball was moving quickly enough to him that it gives him a chance Yeah, to. well, he could actually lead. Well, you, key forwards are still really dangerous when they have space to lead and have players that can steady and kick the ball to them on the lead. It's just the way the game's played. Midfielders don't have the time to steady and hit a target. And the game's so compressed that there's no room to move for key forwards. They isolated Patton enough to find him space, and it worked a treat. But do you think that that's replicable against Richmond, based on what we saw Richmond in the first week of finals? That, yeah, that was. I still don't believe in Richmond. I still don't. Look, I think what we saw against Geelong is their absolute best. They're not going to play any better than that. If they play that against GWS, they will win the game. I'm confident about it. I'm also very confident that GWS's best is... Better. Extremely good. No, I still think if Richmond play that well, GWS won't be able to play their best. If, if Richmond play in the same yeah, way that they but, did. Okay, but that, that's a sort of different argument, I guess. But I think GWS is better... Best is better than Richmond's. I, I, think, I, they're think, be- I think they're a better Richmond's team. Richmond's best is about that. restriction, whereas GWS's isn't. I'm very, like, torn. I'm going to tip GWS, but I'm very... I'm, I'm a little You're doing bit the opposite unsure. to what I've done the last six weeks. Yeah... I had a turnaround. I will, I will tip them, but I just, I just feel like Richmond will stop exactly what GWS will be trying to do. How do you think? Uh, how do you think GWS's tall defenders will match up with not having anyone to play on? 
That that's another interesting thing. Do they take out another tool? Um, the thing is, Tomlinson can move so well. Phil Davis okay. will play on Revolt, so he's fine. Aiden Core is long, but still moves quite well. I don't think it's going to trouble. Ha- Haynes isn't someone who is like he doesn't lock down on one defender. He, I was like, didn't he get hurt? But then I remembered he acted like he got shot and then got up and kept playing. Yeah, no, no, no. He's, he's all right. He'll play. Um, but, yeah, he can sort of float around he's, in that he's sort of way. fine. He can play on Eddie Betts type But it, well. does concern, it does concern me a little bit, though. That's still a lot of tools. But Richmond don't, like... I don't know. They, they don't get goals out the back or stuff and burn you with pace, which is what you'd expect a small forward line to do if it was going to hurt a tall forward line. Richmond's all about pressure and trapping the ball inside and forcing a chance to come open, which I don't think will exploit the tall defenders in the same way as you'd expect Adelaide to try and do. What it comes down to with GWS is their defenders have to mark the ball. That is such a massive part of the game. Yeah. I think that's one of the major ways which Geelong stuffed up against them. A lot of times they fumbled marks. Yeah, there was a lot of Tom Stewart out. dropping a chess mark. Yeah. Um, I, I think most of most of their defenders did it at mm. points, and as soon as it hit the ground, Richmond were just on them, and it just became so hard for them. GWS need to mark the footy. If they mark the footy, they'll probably win the game in defence. I think that, that that's a massive part of the game um, with those tools there and with that. Sort yeah, of I agree up. with you. They also need guys like Wilson and Williams to offer some rebound. Richmond pretty, pretty ex- damn impressive this week. Richmond, oh my god. Watching him kick the ball 80 metres, a drop punt, and hitting Himmelberg on the chest, who's run 60 metres to get there. That's after sprinting 20 metres in like, like half oh. a second. Yeah, he's very exciting. He's very good to it's watch. Made, it's the kind of thing that made me a man. Uh. <laughs> they also uh, also moved Delidio to a, 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 a looser sort of role, he which is another thing we talked about he last week. Could not, he could not keep up with the intensity required of a half forward. Yeah. And, look, they replaced him with Steve Johnson, so they didn't really replace, get an uptick in pressure or anything, but... An uptick in goals, though. Yeah. <laughs> Which was good to God, see. At halftime, I was going, Steve Johnson's had an absolute nightmare. He's yeah. not getting... There's no chance he gets played next week. Then he kicks six in the there, there's, some, there's something about him. He's just He brings theatre with I him. I do want him to succeed. I just don't think he will. <laughs> well, he's definitely going to be in for the prayer. I think he's probably Apparently, done Apparently, there's a fitness test. Any issues? Mm. Yeah, potentially... When he, the way he talks about that, that is very much a day-to-day thing. Maybe they're just so confident they can beat Richmond, they'll rest him and then put him in for the grand yeah. final. And I know, you'd do that. He, uh, he could win a grand final. I did final. not expect you to respond to that with like the seriousness you did. Oh. Well, no, it's a possibility. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. But If his knees bug it, they might say... I doubt, it's because, because I doubt it's because they're like, oh, we got Richmond. Oh, no, I'm not, <laughs> saying, I'm not saying in that sense, but... There's a possibility that they'll be able to put him in cotton wool for a week and then unleash him in the grand final. I, yeah. I think that's a pretty logical way to look at it. And it's I think probably that would what I do quite, as well. Work quite well, probably. Yeah, fair enough. They basically ended up, GWS ended up caving to everything the media have been telling them to do for the last month, and it worked. <laughs> yeah, and look, we're going to change our opinion on the media's ability to coach in a second. But, you know, well done. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good on them, and it's exciting for next week. Uh, West Coast, look, I, I'm very much of the opinion that they just, they, they shouldn't, they didn't deserve to be there. They run their Can we race. go with the cliche that they played their grand final last week? To, yeah, to an extent. But it, it, Also, they were never getting that game out of Drew Petrie again. 
That's, no, not two weeks. That's true. It's not so much that they play the grand final last week. I just don't think they're good they enough to be enough, in yeah. the semi-final. They probably shouldn't have been in finals. I know I'm still bitter, <laughs> but they, they didn't play. They probably didn't play well enough. They fell in by default and then scraped across the line, and they oh, probably shouldn't have won last week by default. Yeah, because Melbourne um, stuffed it. <laughs> I know. I know. Normal. I'm bitter. It's not normal. I'm the cheerful one here. <laughs> they probably shouldn't be in there. And my football club's world caved in this week. Yours caved in a month ago. Get over it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what, what do you see West Coast doing going forward? Are they you know, in trouble? The thing, if you look purely at their list, I think they've they've got a reasonable spine. Their back line is quite strong. Their forward line isn't too. I mean, obviously we've got Kennedy there. Yeah. And, Look, Darling has his inconsistencies and people get frustrated with him, but he's, he's quite still a good fine player. for second for yeah. a second tour. He's, he's a good their forward line's fine as well. That's not mm. so much of an issue. They have to completely deconstruct their midfield. Yeah. Thing, especially with the retired players going. And out. they've got a couple of foundational pieces there in Shuey. They've got Nick Nad who'll do That's enormous. It will add an incredible amount of both in the air and on the ground through pressure, which to be honest, they lack that through the midfield. Um and they've got a couple of B graders that'll be fine for to give kids a bit of space to grow under. You have to say, Gaffy. Like, yep, Gaff, yep. Gaffy's an important thing to have in there. Yeah, um, he's more than a B grader. They, I saw more guys like Red and who'll show some of the contested yeah. work while... I don't know what kids they have because uh, I'm a Victorian and they're thousands of miles away and we get completely different media. But I presume there are some children over there that want to play football. <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> that will come up underneath. My point stands. Let's um, move they, on. They, lost it. Yeah, they, pro- they probably need three high quality midfields, and then they're back in a competing sort of area. Which three you, high quality? They'd be premiership chance. Like yeah, no, that's what yeah, okay. to be competing for a flag. So either they completely rebuild, and by that stage, maybe their forward and backs have retired. Uh, yeah. Or if you can bring in somehow, yeah. that, that's how Josh far Kelly off they are. No, because they, oh no, they, they'd probably be a chance. It's just north that they, nobody wants to go to. Fuck you, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let's move on to the next game. And I did not see this coming. This game was similarly no one one-sided. Uh, not quite as bruise-free as the other game, but still fairly free-flowing in a lot of respects, but... Are you going to... The wrong team won. Like, I don't know You're going to say the result? Cats won by 59 points over the Swans. I'm just shocked. I couldn't get it out. I didn't know how to say those words. I did not give Geelong a chance. You said the wrong team won. <laughs> um, the wrong team did win. <laughs> Explain what you mean by that. Looking at the season, the last 16 weeks of the season, and the track records of these two sides against each other... The wrong team won. I was so excited for an Adelaide Sydney prelim. I'm not excited for an Adelaide Geelong prelim. I think Adelaide will kill them. Geelong aren't good enough. This... I've been thinking about that, and I'll get to that later. Uh, uh, yeah, so, I, yeah, okay, you'll get to that later. Um, the thing with this week, it was extremely impressive what Geelong did. It was a hundred percent a coaching win against a specific opposition. They went to town on Sydney and they did everything which everyone talked about going and that they needed to do. I, I, if you're going to put it simply, I reckon they bored Sydney out of the game. I reckon it's that simple. Sydney get on top of the game when there's momentum there. It's a contest. They start pushing people over. They get on top of the clearances. They get on top the clearances. The Geelong didn't allow them to get that momentum because they just 
held possession, made it a slow, boring game. That first quarter was one of the more boring quarters of finals footy you'll ever see. And that was exactly how Geelong wanted it. Then as the game got on, they started getting on top a little bit. They started winning a few more clearances and they slowly got on top. And Sydney could just never build any momentum because the game was never the way they wanted it to be. I, yeah, I agree with that last part, but the rest of it, I don't know how much credence I paid to that. Geelong's defensive setup was fantastic, and every time that's I, part of making it boring. What intercepting every time Sydney tries to go forward? That's part of any good strategy. They they defend quite deep. Geelong in general. Yeah, and they sat their third man in front of the deepest player all night. Yes, and I think. I think that hurt. I think that hurt Sydney. I, I think that they they couldn't really handle that. And I, I think it was a it was a very defensive game style and a very uncontested game style. And I thought it was incredibly obvious to see every time they took a mark, they just looked ten meters ahead of them and just tried to find a short pass. And it was a boring, boring game. And that's that's how they won it. I don't agree with you that it was boring. I, I, I thought it was a better game than the Richmond game. You're wrong on that. We've gone over this. That was an awesome game. No, it just wasn't. Like there was skill involved in the way they beat Sydney. It like there was no intensity though. It wasn't like they they were better than Sydney in the contest. Yes, but it wasn't it wasn't an intense, compelling game. They they it was it was a win of mechanics and. You're attributing the forty less thousand people at the game to whether or not it was intense. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. That was not an exciting brand of footy that they played, and that's. I think that's because they knew that would beat Sydney. I don't know. What I found impressive is that they beat Sydney by ten goals with Tom Hawkins having possibly the worst game of his life. Every time he touched the ball, it went through his hands. I could not believe how poorly he played. (laughs) It was really bad. It helps that you have Patrick Dangerfield at full forward. Yeah, second part of the conversation. Is Patrick Dangerfield the best full forward in the comp? I have to say, the big He's test... played two halves there for nine goals, ten or something. No, I, the big test for me here, one of our pet hates on the pod mm. is that we hate when coaches do innovative decisions that work because they're surprising, and then they just go with it again the next week, and it very rarely works. This, was, this worked incredibly well against Sydney, against one opposition, and the fact that it was surprising... I would be very upset if he starts Dangerfield at full forward again. Well, you've it taken the thunder out of one of our questions, but we'll move through <laughs> that. No, but you're right. It's got to be... and uh, They can't this, play the same this, way. This it wouldn't work against Adelaide. Weird, but they do. I'm going to bring something up. The blueprint. Now, we haven't spoken about that for a while. <laughs> the Adelaide. The last time... favourite talking I, point. The last time they played them, they didn't take Sloan, and it was really weird, and I don't know why they didn't yeah. do it. Did they just holster that one and say, well, we're not too worried about this individual game. We want to keep our keep our cards close to the chest for if we play in finals. Well, they had a somewhat run with, with Dusty, with mostly Guthrie and a bit of Scott Selwood. Yeah. So they're open to the idea of at least a run with roll. So I think there's a fair possibility. I think they like have that. to tag Sloan. Yeah, I, Especially I with you. Selwood, who can not be a single way player when he's tagging. Like, Selwood can still find the ball a little bit when he's tagging. I think that's what they've got to go through. And the way they defended with intercept marking, it's the way Adelaide's... The only times Adelaide's ever not looked like it's going to kick a goal every time they go forward. 
is when someone plays incredibly well as a spare man. Yeah, well, as I, so I think that bodes well for them. I, see, I think Geelong defend quite deep compared mm. to a lot of teams. They don't have as aggressive press, and yeah. that, that, that's probably what's bothered Adelaide because Adelaide are so good at finding holes through a press and getting out the back. Yeah, that's why that Adelaide have had difficulties against them. I think is they just they have very good defensive setups, and they play quite deep. It's not as aggressive as other teams. Um, so that's their chance. But I like Adelaide are just so much better. They'll pick their way through. They did it last Adelaide's time. Adelaide's midfield's become kind of good, which we didn't see coming to anywhere in there based on. But like Matt Crouch was an All Australian, deserved to be there. Like yeah, Brad Crouch when he's been healthy has been quite good, and that's been the last fifteen. There's weeks still of the not a lot of depth there. That's still their weakness. No, but they've got depth in sort of bit part players through there. Like they've got guys like Richard Douglas who. I don't know. I love this dude. but You do like Douglas, <laughs> don't you? I just find him a very interesting player to watch. He looks good. He, he looks a lot more collected than I feel like he should be. And it's like, oh yeah, there's the best and fairest. No, but like, he, I, my conception of him is as like a trier. Like a good trier. But the way Adelaide play either makes him look really good Nah, like he, when he won his BNF, he was quite good to watch. He, he he did run a lot. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't watch a single scare. No, he, 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 he did break the lines a bit. He was known as a bit of a runner. Okay, at his best, he's not he's not just a try. So I've got a false narrative in my mind. That's what <laughs> he is. Just as good as you think he is. That's <laughs> what I'm trying to say. It's not surprising. Um, but yeah, they've got guys like him that can pop in for centre bounce or on the wing every once in a while and offer that. That little bit of, not X, X factor is the wrong word, but that little bit of bolstering that they need because they are very reliant on a few players for their core of their midfield. Yeah. Well, we said they've had, without necessarily having B graders becoming absolute stars, they've probably had that with Crouch. Yeah. They've had a lot of B graders improving a little bit, which has lifted their whole midfield group as a whole. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they'll, they'll beat Geelong. If Geelong do the same thing next week against Adelaide, Adelaide will kill them. They have to do their homework again, and they have to come out differently. That's my opinion. Strong words. Yeah. I think it'll be a little closer than that, regardless. I only give them the hope because they have had the wood over Adelaide. That's the only hope that there is. Fair enough. It's almost like they've done their homework on Adelaide in the past. Yeah, they have. Mate, I'm, I've never really rated uh, Chris Scott, but mate, I'm, I'm starting to He's added to think, some strings to his bow. He is a little bit. He's getting a bit more innovative. Unlike Horse himself. <laughs> Yeah, that show probably should be talked about, actually. That's what, that's what a lot of people have been saying. They've been questioning Horse. He's Which, got such a good plan, eh? Oh, he just... just he just never needs one until, like, it really hurts when he doesn't have one. I, I've said before, I think he coaches the fundamentals better than mm. any other coach. And they are so good at doing the basics. But when they do get caught out and the team does their homework on them, he can look pretty limp. Because yeah. he, he just he doesn't think outside the box. He just yeah, the same thing just keeps going. But in his position, if you're at half time down by how like forty points, whatever they were down by, yeah. you'd think the one way we're gonna win this is just back in my midfielders to get on top again. Because they've done it all. Yeah, there. it had to be about the midfield, but I don't know. They could could have tried something. Mm-hmm. Buddy to half back. Um That would have been interesting. Put buddy put buddy in the guts, I don't know. That would be exciting. Yeah, see, there are things you could have done. Yes, but like I'm saying, it, like Let's I can fair, understand though, why you would have said we are idiots. Those probably wouldn't have worked. <laughs> Buddy <laughs> couldn't run properly I, from all reports. I, I can. <laughs> that, that's a fair point. <laughs> um, but yeah, I can understand why you would just say 
just backing Kennedy to lift the team again. And I, I, I thought they would come back after halftime, but... I was sitting next to my mother who goes for Geelong, and she was overly nervous the entire way. Like, they were five goals up, and she was like, oh, we're probably going to lose. I'm like, you're probably not. And so I was, I was getting this, like, comparative arrogance about their chances, so I didn't have that experience at all. I saw our mate Charlie Hay, passion Geelong supporter, at halftime, and he was pretty nervous. I was expecting him to just be beaming and being all arrogant, because he can do that. But that's no, his. That's his. Uh, that's his normal mode of being. <laughs> exactly. It was, it was a bit odd. It was very it was stupid grin yeah. that is never not on his face. That man. Uh, but anyway, I'm happy with that analysis. Let's move yeah, on. Let's get bad. to top five. We're doing top five captains. Uh, again, I've manipulated the rules. Do you have an honourable mention you want to start off with? You've manipulated the rules. Yeah. Oh yeah. Of course. <laughs> of course you have. Just to try to get your vendettas um, out of the way. I, uh, I don't have any honourable mentions. No. Okay. Well, number five. Premiership captain, undeniable credentials, led a team to their first premiership in God knows how many years, absolute superstar of the competition. <laughs> what? Easternwood. He's not captain. There's one criteria. There is one criteria you have to fill in this. They have to be a captain. People describe Shane Warne as the best captain Australia ever had. This is the second best captain the Western Bulldogs ever have had because he captained them to a premiership. If they were doing a top five Australian captains, Shane Warne would not be in there because he wasn't captain. Yeah, but he never captained. We're this not talking about... We're, we're doing top five current captains. Did you think about giving an honourable mention to a past recently retired captain... Like Nick Rewald? No. Okay, well, we've done that before. <laughs> and he's not an honourable mention. He's your number five. What's important is they went to shit when Bob Murphy came back. <laughs> That's what's important. <laughs> You're an idiot, mate. I hate you. You're always ruining our I segments. stand by it. My number five, and look, I, I have to say at the start, just a disclaimer, this is kind of hard. Like, picking captains from the outside, who really knows who's a good captain? We can see that they're good on-field leaders. But that's fair. I just realised I mucked up my list. I'm making on the fly changes. <laughs> Whatever, mate. Number five, I've got Callum Ward. Um, I think I think what he he is done in a, a startup club. He's one of the. I think he's one of the he number one players. Like you think leading. a captain should look like. He's sort of that archetype. He's an inside midfielder. He's tough. Yeah. He's got a shaggy beard that makes him look tougher than he might otherwise be thought of. Oh, he's like, tough. Though. He's very tough, but like. He fits the mould perfectly. Th- he's, a re- he's a newly honourable mention for me. What are you doing? I'm changing my list. <laughs> okay, so you're sticking with your five, though. Your five yes. is still Eastern Woods. The five's too Who funny to let go. Um, but yeah, I, I think he'd be one of the, the best players you could have leading a start-up club. And I think he's, he's done an unbelievable job, really. I yeah, I agree. Phil Davis probably deserves a little bit of credit as well. He does, the but, burden. I, I, but he doesn't look like a captain. He's yeah, Freya, from the on-field leadership, number we four, see, Ward's better. Jack Zeeble. See what I had to change there. <laughs> you didn't have Zeeble in your original list. No, you that's are why such I a flop. Myself. <laughs> what? I don't have Nathan Jones in my list. I don't have Jack Viney in my list. Jack Viney's a baby, and Nathan Jones has never won anything in his life. Uh, He's been a good leader. <laughs> Good leader of a club. Oh yeah! Look, let's go to second last this year. Um, that's what's been impressive. But whatever. <laughs> that's what's been impressive. It's been impressive the way that he stuck around he and led the club through s- the crap. He hasn't retired by now out of sheer depression. He should have left the club if he had any common sense. But he instead, he's loyal to his club. That's stupid stubbornness, not 
good captaincy. No, it's loyalty. But anyway, Jack Zebel played through, broken collarbone, broken wrist, make whatever. Him a good captain. A severely injured toe is. Let me get to the funny bit. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, it does. The man is a hero. If only he could kick. <laughs> no, he's not a good captain. He's not a great that. player. He's not a great captain. He's a flog of a bloke. Just play. Kick a man while he's down. He's got broken ribs and a broken collarbone. It probably hurts him to breathe. He was fine to play. He shouldn't be alright. Yeah, and then the week he wasn't, we were accused of tanking. (laughs) That that is pretty funny. You must have been tanking. You didn't pick it. Mate, stop taking the piss out of our segments. Number four. You're right. Should have been number one. Number four, I've gone with a with a new one. Gone with our Josh Kennedy from Sydney. He's just captain this year, but after they start that they had, pretty damn impressive effort to turn him yeah, around. And he's a serious on-field leader. One of I've the best got him on my list. He's like one of the few players that actually plays better in a final like than a regular now. season. Yep. The man should have won the Norm Smith last year. I'll stand by that. He is a fantastic leader. I, he doesn't have the demonstrative facets to his game that others do. He's a little bit baby-faced, which I think is the reason why I think that. But he's a man mountain. He does you think all the hard work. He doesn't punch people. No, I'm not talking about Toby Green here. <laughs> what do you mean by he's up to? You don't like hearing barking orders and stuff like that. Like you see oh, Selwood okay. and guys like that really putting an influence on the game in a verbal way. That I know it might just be picked up by the cameras more. They might just look angry at doing it. But I don't see. I haven't seen Kennedy have that moment. He definitely leads by example. Exactly. I was trying to think of a, like, comparative person, like a great to compare, but just didn't have it. <laughs> anyway, my number three, Kennedy. So let's move yeah. on. <laughs> okay. Uh, my number three, I've gone with the Texan. Ooh. Um, who's, this is two years in a row, he's been voted the best captain by the by the players. Is that right? Yeah, which I find weird. Well. I, I struggle with him as a captain. Cause sometimes when Adelaide's not playing well, he really goes missing and doesn't do anything to try and turn the ship around. How he doesn't much, have a gear. How much has he changed the perception around him, though? When he gets interviewed now, he's very... Like, he used to be the bogan. He's now very level-headed, very sensible. And I've seen him before out on the field. They ran out, like, a message to him, mm. like, a piece of paper. And he was, like... He went and spoke to all his forwards and was, like, directing them around based on what was given on the piece of paper. I thought that was pretty impressive. And, um, yeah, you see, like, little snippets from, like, Speeches yeah. he gives. And he seems quite cool, calm, yeah, level-headed, quite yeah, quite a, a strong leader in that calm sort of way. Not the He's like the opposite of Samson. As soon as he got rid of the mullet, intelligence through the roof, apparently. Wait, oh, okay, yeah, the, the, the Bible reference. <laughs> Jeez, it's almost like you weren't raised in a uh, brainwashing I was thinking you were talking school. about a football. I'm like, who the hell is Samson? But anyway, he's my number three. He's my number two. I agree, he's a really good captain. I do have issues with his ability to go missing a bit. That's also being a forward. Yeah, and I go excuse Josh Kennedy, the other Josh Kennedy, that all the time, so can't be too harsh. Number two. Number two, I've got Selwood there. My number one. Which, yeah, okay. If you, you said you're putting him in by default. You won't, you won't He's just got such a, rep, a reputation that precedes him. I, I feel like it's a cult, almost, the way they talk about his leadership. I don't know if it's 100% as big a deal as it is. He stands up brilliantly in fourth quarters. He's the definite... That is, that is a really good measure of a good leader, but I don't know, like... Is he that much better than others? He just he's elevated to this pedestal that I 
haven't put the time or thought into. As I say, the only way which, from the outside we can judge leaders is being an on-field leader, mm. lifting at the right moments, and he just seems to like he, he's the definition of it. So who's your number one then? I've got the great man himself, the nicest bloke to have ever played AFL footy, the bloke which everyone loves and everyone should love because he's a ripping bloke and he's a fantastic leader, Bobby Murphy, mate. You've got to have Bob. I'm speechless. You're talking You're to a man. speechless. You're talking to a man who came back into a side that had just won a flag, one of the most inspirational flags. He lifted flags his side to the flag without even ever, playing. That had ever been won. Took great leadership to win that flag by on-field leaders. He comes back, they don't even make the finals. You pick someone who's not even the captain of the club. Mate, I insp- picked the real captain of that club. He inspired that club to the premiership, and he wasn't even playing. He was a That's charity pretty case. bloody impressive. He's not a charity case. He had an impact on that flag. He was dropped he this year, and they put him down flag. as travelling emergency that does not hurt his feelings. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even care if that's true. He's still a great leader and he's a ripping bloke and I, I just don't understand your dislike for Bob. I love the man. And everyone else does because they know it. You're the you are fighting a losing battle. Oh, I've lost this battle since the ship sailed 10 years ago. But still, I fight on. Anyway, let's get to the question. Should have picked someone who's actually a captain. Look, there was a sort of dearth of good captains. I wasn't picking fucking Jared Geary or Jared Geary. I don't know how to say his name. <laughs> I thought about putting the rough in just because I like him, but like that would have been the exact same reason you had it would have put uh, Bob Murphy in charity. That was harsh. He had cancer. <laughs> That's what I was implying. <laughs> <laughs> that is harsh. <laughs> All right, go to the questions. We, who we got questions from this week? Uh, we got a strong response from everyone. Yeah, look, as usual. Look, um, I've received complaints <laughs> that people only see the day after we've recorded the pod, um, and I take that on board. And I, I'm sorry, I'm too lazy to do it before <laughs> and give it give the post enough time to just reach it for its, people uh, to read it before our actual pod. Yes, yeah, look, I, I think that, I think bit... there's another problem there: the fact that we don't have any listeners and no one wants to send in any questions. That's probably also a factor. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, don't try to make it sound like we'd be having hundreds of questions if you posted the back back earlier. The week you cracked the shits and postponed the pod for like two days and I put up a thing we asking questions. questions we? we had like six questions from people other than Poochie. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong then. Maybe I'm wrong. But anyway, go ask Poochie's questions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> should the Dagger support us boot Delidio? Um, well, probably not. Well, they need... They need something to uh, be loud about when they start losing by 40 points to the GWS juggernaut that's running on. So I think they should. They will. They will boo the shit out of them. Oh, yeah. They booed everything. They're feral. <laughs> the Geelong game, they booed If they had any success, Geelong they'd have got. the same reputation as Collingwood. Maybe soon enough they will have that reputation. Oh, they, no, they still have a bit of a thug reputation. Yeah, but, but they haven't had any success or anything to be loud about, so nobody cares. Look, they will boo him. Um, and I don't particularly care whether they do or not. Like, I understand why you do it. It's just a bit of fun that it's somebody left. It's nothing personal. <laughs> but, like, he probably doesn't deserve a booing. He has been he was a good servant of the club, so... It's like 250 games there. Yeah, I'd say ideally was there he would be, but... Nathan yeah. Jones, to some degree, as well. Speaking of legends. I can't believe you didn't bullshit your way into putting a Melbourne captain in there. No, see, I'm not a biased dickhead who ruins our segments like you are. Did Stevie J actually play a big finals game by kicking six goals, or were they all garbage time goals, as Choco Williams said? I love the guy, so I'm giving him cred. 
you got to get into it. He kicked six goals in a final, and they, it wasn't as if they were they they were junk time, but they weren't bullshit goals. He wasn't. No, they weren't Eddie Betts's. <laughs> he, he took a few nice. Jeff grabs. Garlett kicked half his goals from within eight meters this year. But Stop Jeff, talking about them as though they're Eddie Betts goals. <laughs> Eddie's still very good at them. But Jeff, Jeffy's biggest input on the game is his pressure. That's that's the most important thing he does for Melbourne. Can you lick your elbow? Because you're bending over backwards here. Hey. Shocking saying, man. Shocking <laughs> saying. Anyway, what are we talking about? <laughs> Steve Johnson. Steve, yes. Stevie Jan. They, were, they were good goals. They were good goals. We spoke about this a little bit earlier and I just realised that we had... It was a big game. If he's fit, he'll get selected off the back of it. And I think Chucker Williams is a little sour. I don't know why, though. Uh, Is Chucker Williams a coach in the 2007 Grand Final where Steve Johnson won the Norm Smith medal? Uh, Yeah, probably. (laughs) I don't think that's... Fingers on the pulse. I don't think it's going to be... I can't say... I can't say... No. Investigative. Yes, <laughs> <The> reporting. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Next question. Uh, will Dangerfield play at full forward against Adelaide? Another question. We've well, answered. Yes, we, we already asked. I hope not. He could. But do you think? But I would? hope not. I, like if if he plays fifty fifty, I've no issues with that. I just have an issue if you're going to try to play him as a full forward from the start. Yeah. He, as good as he plays there, he's not a full forward. He's a midfielder, and they're better off having him in the midfield. That is very true. Follow-up question, who's the better mid-forward, Dusty or Danger? Or who goes forward and is more dangerous out of the two of them? Poochie's very caught in the, the Dangerfield clouds, isn't he? Yeah, he must, be, he must be worried about Dangerfield getting more votes on Brownlow than Dusty and undermining the integrity of that Brownlow. I'm still bitter. <sighs> there's such... St- you're an idiot. There's such serious, they're such similar players. I, like, I, I, I find it hard to say. Dangerfield's strength overhead and consequently on the lead. I think makes him slightly more versatile and more dangerous yeah, yeah. and a more viable uh, long-term option in that role that as is, his career winds down. It's probably more important for Dusty that he gets just caught out in one-on-one, yeah, like mus- muscling his way to win the contest, where Dangerfield has more strings to his bow when he's forward. Yeah, that's probably fair. Not, not, not a bad opinion by you, old Danger. So, yeah, we'll give it a Danger. Thank you, Scott. We'll give it a Danger. It's not often you compliment me. Even though his game was a little overrated. <laughs> yeah, we said we talked about that before the pod. It wasn't an interesting conversation. It's not going to be an interesting conversation now. Let's wrap it up. Record time: twenty minutes less than normal. I'm we, proud of us. We've already Are you proud of us. We've got tips to do. Yeah, we've already given them, but <laughs> yeah, we have. Uh, and you go. I've forgotten. <laughs> You've forgotten the games, have you? Again, <laughs> Adelaide Geelong. <laughs> Adelaide by fifty points. Adelaide by three goals. There's a little bit of hope. Yeah. A little bit ahead. Okay. Richmond GW. <laughs> you, you wondered for a second. I was hoping you'd forget it. <laughs> um, GWS by three points. GWS, 44. See, there's normally one close prelim and one one sided one. So yeah. I'm, I'm rolling with that. I'm pretty confident. And you want it, you want it to be one. the one you go to, is the close one. I hope so. That'd be so. Imagine the tension in the stadium in the last like ten minutes. Imagine how Richmond fans would feel if they'd lost the way Port lost. Mate, Mate, it's a win-win scenario. If Richmond win, they go into the grand final. That's kind of cool. That's exciting. And they're going to lose the grand final. Yeah, but if they lose, 
God, it's going to be funny. So either way, I'm leaving that game. I might move to Brisbane to go hang out with Pooch if they lose. <laughs> just <laughs> whatever. Just to rub it in. Although I do have I do have the producer here. But anyway, thank you very much for listening. Short and sweet. Not many games to talk about. Still dragged it out. Thank you and goodbye.